Hi, everyone, and welcome again to Don't Blame the CRM podcast. This time, I have a guest, actually again from city called Malmö in Sweden, Elisabeth from a company called Telabox. Welcome, Elisabeth. Yeah, thank you. Happy to join. Excellent. Thanks for joining. Maybe we could start briefly by you introducing yourself and also if you could mention briefly what uh, Telabox is all about and what, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Elizabeth. Um, I work at Telebox, which is a telecommunications software company. Um, as you mentioned, we're based in Malmö. Um, but we actually have offices across um, eight or nine countries in Europe. So uh, we're not solely based in Malmö. Um, I've been working here for three and a half years, uh, which is also when we started working with revenue operations. So I've, I've been part of the team since the very start. Excellent. And uh, I also saw on LinkedIn that you, you actually have uh, the title revenue operations, I guess revenue operations and revenue intelligence uh, is is the name of the name of the team or name of the function. Yeah. It's not that many companies in the Nordics that already have RevOps function, but how, how has it been for Telebox? You joined three years ago. Was that when you launched this type of team, or what's what's the sort of the background of RevOps at Telebox? Yeah, well, actually, funnily enough, we we started as commercial excellence. Um, I don't actually remember when we started calling it revenue operations. I guess when we realized that no one else was calling it commercial excellence. Um, I know in Denmark, they call it com- uh, commercial operations. So there's a lot of different names for the same thing. So yeah, we, we used to be commercial excellence. Um, and I think even my title didn't have revenue operations in it from the start. So uh, definitely a little bit of late. But in terms of what we're actually doing, I wouldn't say that's changed. So it's literally just the name. And I would say, just speaking of what you said, I think that is the difference. You know, some people call it sales operations or commercial operations or whatever. It's still revenue operations. It's just a different name for the same thing. And and I also feel that the name can be different, but also the definition of what the team or department is doing. How would you describe what, what are the, all the responsibilities you have at RevOps, uh, at Telebox? It would probably be easier to to say what we don't do. <laughs> it's a very it's a very broad bucket. Um, but we are essentially three teams. So um, there's a team that I lead, which handles what I would probably say is slightly more traditional revenue operations. So we deal with all the tooling and analytics, and also um, revenue intelligence. So learning about our customers and our prospects and so on. Um, we have another team that works with projects or leading internal projects and also enablement, our entire e-learning platform, both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's keeping them pretty busy. And then we have a third team, which is actually just one person for now, um, that handles what we call the program management. And that's uh, essentially incorporating um, our new colleagues after mergers and acquisitions. So uh, in the last three or four years, um, Telebox has been growing a lot. So we have colleagues now in what used to be three other companies that are, are joining us. Yeah. So that's taking a lot of a uh, lot of our time as well, and it's part of our responsibilities. So three teams. One is you said traditional ops like tooling and, and analytics and I guess processes. Then yeah. also the enablement team, and then I think the third one is maybe the most unique one, which is MTA mini MTA uh, uh, MTA team. Sounds sounds good. Um, how big is Telebox? How many people, and also how many people at uh, or in, in in the RevOps function at the moment? So yeah, as we are growing, it's hard to get <laughs> the current headcount. 
but we're just over 400 people. Um, and I would say maybe 200 of them are based here in, in Sweden. Um, mostly Malmo, where, where we headquartered. Um, so RevOps is growing a lot just in the next coming weeks. We have a lot of new colleagues coming in, but we're 14 at the current headcount. Um, yep. So we're constantly expanding because um, because of the mergers and acquisitions, we've tended to get a lot more to do in a short period of time. And that's obviously when uh, we need to be scalable and figure out a way to um, incorporate what we're doing, but for more people. Yes. So part of it is actually figuring out how to work in a more lean way, but part of it is mm. also we just need to be more people. And quite often RevOps teams, they, they focus on sales ops, marketing ops, CS ops, and sometimes even like finance ops. Do you also cover all those four different areas or just some of them? Um, yeah, we do. Um, apart from, I would say, finance ops, um, we work super closely with finance and we support them with a lot of data coming from our sales and so on. But uh, we don't handle that per se. But in terms of um, the, the kind of traditional ops areas, sales, marketing, customer success, we work with everything. Um, yep. But I would say historically, we have had a much kind of a higher percentage of our time has been spent on sales ops in particular. Um, and I think that's probably true for a lot of revenue operations departments. It's been sales ops evolving into revenue operations. Um, and that's also where we've had uh, to spend the most time. So yeah. We've sort of expanded our areas where we uh, try to make the most impact. We started off with sales and now we've started working more and more towards marketing customer success. So I would say all three now. Yep. And you mentioned that you have done three acquisitions lately. So obviously lots of new people joining and maybe they have had different processes in place, different technologies and tools in place. How, how would you how would you say that is the time mainly spent on just getting all those new people up to speed with your existing processes? Or do you also have time to develop new processes and new things uh, while at the same time integrating lots of new new colleagues? Definitely both. I mean, it kind of goes in waves. Um, so we haven't onboarded three teams at the same time, luckily, because mm-hmm. we go insane. <laughs> so obviously, when we are onboarding a new uh, company or a new team to HubSpot, that takes a lot of time. Um, but what's kind of cool about it, every time we've done it, we've managed to fine tune our onboarding processes to the better. So, you know, we get to repeat onboarding people into our CRM, which a lot of companies you do at once. And all the things that you don't do so well, you don't have a chance to relearn, but we do. Mm-hmm. So every time we do it, it goes faster and faster. Um, and then there's the kind of initial period when everything's just chaotic. You get a lot of questions and things, so we have to spend more time on that. And then we start seeing, you know, all the all the processes are starting to settle. Mm-hmm. And that's when we have time to work on other things. So I, I would say we still definitely have time to work on continuous improvements. Um, but there are periods, obviously, when we're a little bit busier with uh, onboarding new teams or new new companies into the system. And are you still in the in the lucky situation that you just have one CRM? I know that sometimes when companies buy other acquire other companies and maybe the the company has a different CRM, they continue sort of using it, and then you end up having many different CRMs, and of course, then integrating data between all these systems becomes quite quite difficult. Like, uh, how is the situation mm-hmm. for you? I remember you're using HubSpot um, as a CRM. Yeah, um, yeah, we use HubSpot for everything, and um, so far, I mean, it's very much on a case by case basis. Um, it, so, so far we've had companies coming in that didn't have a CRM, so they were more than happy to jump on our processes from, from day one. 
Um, but we've also had uh, companies coming in working with a different CRM system. And then it's been more, you know, figuring out when, when is it, should we even be migrating and when is the time to do it? So, so far we picked the migrating part. Um, we're currently kind of in the final phases of migrating between systems. Um, yeah, and one, I mean, obviously for us from GrevOps, it makes sense to work in one system. It's one less system to manage, but it also makes sense that all the commercial teams are working alongside each other because there yeah. is a lot of uh, exchange that can be done between teams. You can compare, you can contrast. So um, I would say for the most part, it would be a massive drawback not to do the CRM migration, but never say never. Um, it really, really depends obviously on on, on the company and what's there currently. Um, so far, it's it's worked really well. Yeah, I, I feel that... It- because having like a well-oiled sales and marketing and revenue engine is is sort of a good competitive advantage for companies. So when they're about to acquire a company, somehow I feel that almost in the DD, in the due diligence process, it would make sense to also discuss these RevOps RevOps topics a little bit, like how is, for example, the migration CRM-wise and, and all these topics, because that obviously plays a big role in terms of how quickly you can you can actually get the get the value out of the uh, acquisition. Exactly. But, and I mean it's been a huge win for as well for the companies coming coming in and joining Televox. Um mm-hmm. the fact that we have a revenue operations department that works solely with helping commercial has yeah. been a massive, you know, they've not had that in their in their companies. They've been slightly smaller and it's been a really positive experience to actually get the help with certain things. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be things that, you know, don't work as you expect. And, you know, every migration doesn't go perfectly. But I think just having a team to go to and ask questions, get help, proactively looking into how they can improve your day-to-day uh, working life has been a really, really big, big win. So I, I would hope that's part of the early conversations as well. Yeah. And how about your KPIs? You mentioned three different teams. And then, of course, you have... Um, um, sales and CS and marketing teams, and they have their KPIs, and you have company KPIs or objectives. Like, what are the main KPIs for RevOps, and are those KPIs uh, the same as as um, those functions like sales, CS, and marketing are having? I would say we almost do layered KPIs. So the sort of top level KPIs are very much the same as uh, our other commercial teams. We try to have the same KPIs for all the teams. So obviously, the usual suspects around. MRR bookings, net revenue retention, and so on. So those are non-negotiable for revenue operations. I mean, if the company and our commercial department isn't doing well, you can't say revenue operations is doing well either. I mean, the two of them are so so linked. So that's definitely the, the most important KPIs for us as well, and they are the same. But then in order for us to actually be able to do our jobs, we can't just look at how the year went at the end of the year mm-hmm. and decide from there that, okay, well, we need to make a change. We need to be proactive and lean forward and actually catch things before they become an issue. So mm-hmm. a level down from the main KPIs, we will then try to have more leading KPIs. So that can be anything from um, deal creation to our you know customers' MPS scores or how many tickets we're receiving to try and understand if things are going well or not so well and where we need to take any action to address it. Yep. And those KPIs are probably more exclusive to revenue operations because I don't think a lot of commercial teams will mm-hmm. be measured on, you know, at the end of the day, their deal creation, it will usually be uh, meeting their sales budget, for example. Yeah. Who, who's 
deciding those leading indicators that you mentioned, like is it RevOps team or is it, I don't know, company, CFO, CEO, VP sales? Like who's, who's actually making a decision that these we're, are the... We're mostly setting them ourselves as a team. Yeah. Obviously not individually. I want to be measured yeah. on this and I want to be measured on that. So it's very much based on the, the expert in, in the various areas because, I mean, those KPIs are linked <laughs> to the company KPIs. So... Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way you're, you're going to be celebrating, you know, revenue operations having succeeded in their uh, deal creation goal when um, our company revenue isn't going well. So mm-hmm. um, we we always expect to see that our our leading indicators are then gonna um, have a, have an impact on the, on the lagging ones as well. Yeah, and and roughly how many leading indicators you have, and and how often do you change them? Like, do you have them for the whole year, or do you discuss and decide them on a quarterly basis? How how does that work? Um, we, we definitely try to keep them for the, the whole year. Otherwise, it gets really, really hard to, to measure progress. Um, but we do set them on a yearly basis, depending on what we know are coming up. I mean, right now we have a big migration project for our support team. So we want to set mm-hmm. KPIs surrounding that specifically because it's taking taking up a lot of our time. So obviously, that's what we want to be monitoring. So we, we do change some of them from year to year. But in general, they tend to stay roughly what they were the previous year. Um, yeah. But we do have a lot of KPIs. Um, sometimes I think maybe too many of them, but we cover so many areas. I think it's more of a symptom of what revenue operations actually does as a group, because mm. we we work on so, so many different projects. We work with so many areas of the business. You really can't boil it down to three KPIs and say that's it, because uh, it doesn't even begin to cover what we actually do. Yeah. And do you have some sort of um, like commission or bonus based on those KPIs or is it just like salary wise in sales you often have not always mm-hmm. quite often you have a bonus when you hit quota and maybe you have a commission on sales how is it for RevOps I mean those KPIs are important to hit but it does do they also play a role in in, in people's salaries um no we don't work commission based or, or bonus based at all in, in RevOps so we're basing it on on actual salary um yeah. and that's to do a lot with the, the background people come from as well we we I mean as, as we've been talking about there isn't much of a RevOps at least going back a few years, you know, there's not much of RevOps community in that sense. So a lot of people are coming from other areas. Um, I, I'm from a marketing background. I have colleagues that come from a customer success background and so yeah. on. So they're used to working in, in other companies and with, with other kind of systems. So it's a little bit more, um, yeah, just baseline salary, basically. Yeah. And I think I think that seems to be the case for most teams. I haven't heard of uh, actually, almost any RevOps teams that would have bonuses and commissions. If somebody knows a team, it would be awesome to have an interview uh, with that type of team and discuss how that how that works uh, works out. Uh, you mentioned that there's not tons of RevOps communities yet in in the Nordics. Like, how do you how do you keep up with all the new things, and how how do you make sure that you can develop yourself as a RevOps professional? Like. Do you do you join these US-based online communities or do you have um, some colleagues and, and business friends that you spar with uh, uh, quite often? Like how, how, do, how do you keep up with all the development in, in, the, in the world of RevOps? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little bit hard when you're in a completely different time zone. Um, but I would say probably more of an issue is the fact that the, the business problems are a little bit different in especially Northern Europe versus the US. So we don't mm-hmm. always have the same challenges. Some of them are definitely the same. Um, so I, I would like to say I'm not meaning looking at what's happening in the U.S. and trying to learn because they're also very much ahead of the curve. Um, but I do try to find ways to connect with uh, peers 
more locally. Um, there's been FairBOPS meetings in Copenhagen. I was at one last week. Um, there are quite a few people even here in, in Malmö. It's not a big place, but, you know, I'm, we met other professionals. We're, we're talking about uh, setting something up to, to meet with other RevOps uh, professionals here. So there's definitely stuff happening in Europe, but um, it's still very much um, US focused. Yeah, I know. And I, I guess the the one meetup that I mentioned was the one organized by Crowblocks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it was it was super great just meeting people who work near me and, and around me. Um, we all have different names for the same thing. Again, I found a different version of revenue operations, but at the end of the day, we, we do face the same challenges. So uh, that's super cool. I, yeah, I think because I, I actually had a Tony as a guest in the podcast, Tony from Roblox, yeah. um, a few, few weeks ago, and, and he mentioned that they're now nowadays doing these meetups. Maybe you could do the Mama-based meetup when there's SASIEST Nordic, the SAS event taking place. I believe it's in April. This yeah, year. it is. Yeah, no, we we would absolutely love to. So if there's anyone listening that is is wanting to join us, then uh, let me know because yeah, we, we definitely want to create more of a RevOps community, and um, especially when you work in completely different businesses, there's only pros and sharing learnings and figuring out better ways of working. So I think there's uh, there's definitely a need for that locally as well. Um, I, I I agree. I agree. Um, you mentioned that you have been now doing RevOps well with different name though, uh, but already quite a few years. And a um, couple of questions regarding that. First of all, the question that I get quite often is that what is the difference between RevOps and SalesOps? How would you answer that? Um, I would say RevOps is takes on a much more holistic approach. Um, I mean, there are so many synergies between what we can do for sales and what we can do for, for customer success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one example, and Promise me, could ask me to bring this up. We work with the uh, vinyl triggers for our sales teams, and we've set them up based on the sort of pains that we know that we can solve for our customers. Um, that was already set up when our customer success team started working in HubSpot, and we literally just have to enable. You know, it was a small setting in a workflow, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. customer success were getting the same triggers on our existing customers. Um, so, they, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me to have it split up in different teams because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you have syncs and meetings and try to talk to each other it's so much easier if you hire people based on their expertise and what they can actually do and then have them work across uh, different departments than than separating it too much um, there is a lot to a lot to learn there's a lot a lot of quick wins and i think overall it just makes for a better kind of operations department when you can work as one team yep no that's also my recommendation that if if you if companies today only have sales ops, I would not set up CS ops and marketing ops and finance ops separately. So I would skip that phase of siloed ops and go into revenue ops right away. I Definitely. think you save a little bit of time and, and also resources. Yeah, and it helps if you have one CRM like we do. I mean, I, I understand that you know sometimes you have to have different CRM systems for different departments for various reasons, but it does make it so much easier when everyone's in the same tech stack. Not yeah. just for, for us, less tools to 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 manage, but we're seeing now, you know, with our sales, marketing, customer success teams all working together. You know, they're they get a whole different view of the customer. They get that full three hundred and sixty from the first ad the customer saw to you know the latest conversation someone had with someone in customer success. It's all there mm-hmm. in the one system. It makes it so much easier, um, and there's a lot of mistakes that can be avoided just because you have a full view of what's happening. So. 
you're obvious, you mentioned Hub for this to CRM, so sales is using it, and then I would imagine that it's also the tool for marketing team. But CS is also managing their portfolios and renewals in, in HubSpot. Is that is that right? Yeah, they are. Um, they've only been working in HubSpot for um, about six months. Yep. Um, so we're still very much in the early phases of um, kind of getting used to new processes and everything. But so far, it's been going really, really well. Um, they didn't really have any tools before. So I guess in that sense, it was a, an easy migration. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder when you move from one CRM to another and have to get used to things not working like you expect them. Yeah. Um, and right now, we're also working on moving our support team into HubSpot, which will be the yeah. kind of final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I think that's actually interesting because I, I I know lots of companies have, of course, sales, marketing, and also actually service and support people using Sales Hub, Marketing Hub, and, and Service Hub. But then quite a few companies, then they still have a separate tool for CES. It could be Plan Hat, it could be Gainsight, Tango. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that you, you're also using HubSpot. How do you feel HubSpot works in terms of managing the recurring nature of of the business like uh, and managing all the renewals and having good portfolio views have you been able to set it up in in hubspot in a in a powerful way i mean i would like to say if there aren't things i wish work better um i think one thing that we need to work a little bit closer on is the overall kind of customer health uh which cs systems are usually good with that hubspot is much better for the commercial aspect actually sales to the customer um, but first of all, I've seen a lot of really positive progress with HubSpot. I mean, I know it's something they're quite aware of. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to decide if you want to have a best-in-class system for every department, mm-hmm. or if you want to have what, what I was talking about, that holistic view, the 360 yeah. view of the customer. I think from the customer's perspective, it's probably better that you're in one CRM. They don't have you know as many funny conversations where people mm-hmm. in your uh, in your company haven't talked to each other because it's all in the same system. So I think from a customer perspective, it might actually be more customer friendly because we avoid a lot of weird conversations where someone hasn't talked to someone in the company and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, HubSpot can't be best in class at everything. Um, they, they, I think they definitely have an ambition to be, but it's still not quite there yet for some of the systems. So you yeah. kind of need to make that um, that call what's the most important. Um, and there's there's definitely pros with having best in class. There's definitely drawbacks as well. Yep, I, I agree. I, I saw on LinkedIn that RevOps roles are like that there's lots of RevOps roles these days. I guess that study was mainly based on US companies, but I would imagine that the situation being more or less the same in Europe and also in the Nordics. So lots yeah. of new people will enter RevOps teams, and you have done it yourself and also been part of a team that is growing very fast. What's your tip or piece of advice for all those people that are about to start their first RevOps role? Um, I I mean, it's, um, it's a bit of a cliche, but the whole term like know your customer uh, is so true for RevOps as well. Only your customer isn't the company buying from us, but all the internal departments that you work with. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, I know my team and myself get the most out of is actually, you know, sitting and listening in on how sales are working, how marketing are working, how customer operations are working. Knowing the customer is equally important, but I would say in terms of the internal, just, you know, try and get as much out of, you know, listening in to people, speaking to them when you get a cup of coffee, um, ask if you can join listening in on a call, you know, whatever you can do to learn what these departments are doing, what their struggles are, you know, then you you will 
not just be reactive, which is what I was talking to about before. You know, we get a lot of requests in. We could spend all day just reactively responding to things, but you can start becoming proactive. You can start mm. identifying, you know, what can you actually do to, to change the business, not just run it. Yeah. Um, so that would be my number one tip, to be super involved in all the departments and what they do. Um, yeah. And how, how, how often do you do that? Like, how often do you join, for example, customer meetings or do you join the meetings live or do you just get the i don't know recording maybe you're i don't know if you're using gong or another mm-hmm. uh, i would say we don't do it often know. enough it's definitely something that's on my agenda for this year to be even more kind of deep diving into it um a lot of i would say what we've done historically is more speak to our our teams and see yep. you know talk to them about how they experience all of this um but i would love to be more involved in the customer facing part as well because there's so much to learn from speaking to actual customers or prospective customers to hear about their pains and what we can help them help them with um so i would i would say we're, we're not quite maybe there yet but it's where i would like to be and i think anyone setting up a RevOps department or moving into that role should definitely have that on their radar from the start because there's so much to learn from it that's that's definitely a good tip i feel actually two teams in in SaaS companies that should join more meetings i think RevOps is is one definitely making sure that they allocate time to join those meetings and then of course also product teams product teams yeah. often at least product managers they often join quite a few meetings when they're designing something new and they want to collect mm. feedback and that's of course great but i think just joining different type of meetings with big customers with small customers with happy customers with customers that are struggling i think you always get so many good insights and i, w- I would imagine uh, the same being true for RevOps. As yeah, well. definitely. And, and and as we were saying before, not just the the actual customer, but the, the teams that you work with, because um, sometimes things have come to my attention. You know, there's been a bug somewhere in the system that's been going on for six months, causing huge headaches for everyone. No one's mm-hmm. even thought of telling me. And when I find out, I fix it in five seconds. And it breaks my heart to know that people have been frustrated over something that I haven't even been aware of. So um being engaged and listening in but also you know being in a, a department that you know welcome people to come with feature requests and things they want to change um i think that's a really important part of, of the role yeah. um, so knowing your customers is important what else uh, for new revops people who are about to start this year in the, in the um game? spending time on learning like learning the systems you know it would depend, depending obviously what your revops role is my team work a lot with tools so you know actually spending time on educating themselves um no one's going to educate you for you so you know you have to spend that time yourself i mean obviously i mentioned hubspot a lot that's a system we work with i hang a lot in hubspot's community forum because i learn a lot from what other people are saying there yep. um you know listening to podcasts and whatnot you know that's all part of um enabling ourselves to to kind of raise the bar and learn what's happening out there what, what can we do better so i think that um education time and not see it as being unproductive but actually realizing that's where you get your inspiration from and, and learning more that's super duper important yeah um, and then final final question um obviously there's so many things uh, going on and you also you have already mentioned that there's so many things you're doing at the moment but do you see any like specific revops related trends that are happening this year and maybe maybe next year like you have been in revops already quite some time and things are changing fast like mm-hmm. what are some of the latest trends you feel revops teams need to need to pay pay attention to <laughs> 
I mean, if, if you're going to trust LinkedIn, I mean, RevOps is a trend in itself, which uh, obviously for, for those of us that have worked in it for a while, it's like, hmm, how is this a trend now? Uh, but um, I would say um, being a little bit more cautious around your tech stack. So consolidating your tech stack instead of just adding on new tools. Um, that's definitely something I'm seeing a lot of people doing an overview of, of what tools they actually have are they even being used um that's a really hard one because if you ask a sales rep do you want you know do you want a license for this tool they say yes please you know i would um but is it actually bringing them any value um having those discussions it's not about saving money it's more about saving time and being more effective with what you have um the money obviously obviously a plus but that is in my opinion almost secondary um so that would be one definitely kind of consolidating tooling um And I guess the other trend, which is the one we've been talking about, is to not silo uh, the ops department, to see it as one um, and hire based on that. Um, I mean, currently I'm hiring someone that, you know, I could very much have put um, marketing operations on the title because that is some of the key areas that person will be working with. But they're not exclusively going to be sitting with marketing related uh, operations. So therefore, I would never call it that. So that, that would probably be the other one, um, just seeing operations as, as one and not um, separated departments. Yeah, those are definitely good and spot on trends. Um, well, I said a final question, but I have one more. It's going to be nice to test a little bit how well you know your own business and, and, and the sales. So could you briefly tell us what's the ICP, ideal customer profile of Telebox? And also maybe you have an Elevator pits, like why is Telebox a good solution for those companies that are in the ICP? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, I mean, one of our, our our key selling points is that you know you have one solution that the whole company can sit with. So historically, when we were mostly a Nordic company, that was that was our icing. You know that we could have one telephony system that all the Nordic countries could share mm-hmm. instead of every country having its own. Um, so that that's traditionally been something that you know a lot of our customers have really loved when they've seen our solution going from four different contracts to one. Um, so that's definitely spread out uh, units, so it can be spread out across countries, but also um, spread out location-wise. Um, being connected is obviously very crucial to a company that works with uh, communications. Um, so that would that would definitely be one. Um, we're also uh, really good at. Um, for companies that are growing and need to have a lot of flexibility, um, we're a good solution because they can they can change how their um, their PDX uh, works, as you know they tag on new departments and whatever. So companies that are in a growth phase um, has always been really really interesting for us because they are also typically seeing some of the growing pains that we can help solve. Um, so that's always been a, a big one for us. Excellent, I think you you did a very good job there. <laughs> Elizabeth, thank, big thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. It's been really fun. And thanks also for everyone listening. And uh, we will be back, of course, next week with the new episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.